Welcome to the district. All of your local and state news in one place on WHIP Student Radio. Philly's number one college radio station. WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. My name is Amaranth, and with me I have Maya and Emily. Hello. Hello. And Emily, you're joining us for the first time. I am. I'm so excited. <laughs> you know, it's actually, she's been here like the past two weeks sitting mm-hmm. in the back. Yep. But now <laughs> she's actually here. She's going to be talking for real. So excited. <laughs> How is everybody's Thursday? Um, good. I keep forgetting that it is Thursday. Like, I feel like it's a Friday, but definitely not. And there's still a lot more to happen on, like, Fridays. And then this weekend is also going to be pretty packed. Um, but I did sleep in, so that was really nice. Look at you. Yeah. It's stressful. It's just been a stressful week. The semester's really kicking. Mm -hmm. I haven't caught up to it yet. Yeah. I know. I feel like it's only, like, what is like, four weeks, but it Mm -hmm. still feels like... I don't know, like 10 years. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're just right in the middle of everything. Now. I know. Yep. Yeah. I The other day, was it a midterm? Is it midterms? Like, it's not midterms already, right? No. It's like three weeks. No. Okay. Well, okay. Some professors are really weird and they call every yeah. exam the midterm. No, but I had a professor that, that he was like, oh, your midterm's next week. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I was no, like, it's not. No, it is not. <laughs> I'm going to be like, Emerson said it's not. Yeah, <laughs> listen to me. But like some professors, they're like midterm number one, midterm number two, and midterm yeah. number three, and then your final. Yeah, I've heard of that too. Yeah. yeah, or there's like but, the final exam and then like test number two, and I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> when, does, when does the ad drop period, or like not ad drop period end, but when is like the last day to drop classes? I think it's after spring break. Like withdrawal, within, you mean? Within the next yeah. few weeks, I think. Yeah. Because that's when... Um, one of my professors gave me like a hot tip. That's when they all have their midterms is right before that last day. So that if someone bombs the midterm, they can withdraw from the class. Mm. I mean, I feel like be like me and just bomb the midterm and then just hope for the best <laughs> for the rest of the semester. <laughs> like, yeah, just, read, uh, no need just to withdraw. Pray. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh. Okay. So let's get into it. So we have some news for you today. Um, first of all, the Justice Department is suing Philadelphia over supervised injection facility that aims to prevent fatal drug overdoses. So we have been talking about safe injection sites since last semester, and the federal government has now filed a lawsuit against Safe House, which is a nonprofit organization that planned to open a safe injection site in Philadelphia. Um, So a facility like this, um, it would allow drug use in a monitored environment where users can take drugs that they know for sure are not laced with any dangerous substances, and they can do it in a clean place near medical professionals who can provide assistance in the case of an overdose or an adverse reaction. Um, There have been other cities that have considered this idea, like New York and San Francisco, but so far Philadelphia is where it's gained the the most traction. And District Attorney Larry Krasner, he actually said that he will not prosecute those who open a safe house or those who take drugs in one. Um, So the Justice 
department, they vowed to aggressively crack down on cities that open the facilities. And yesterday, William M. McSwain, who was the U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania, argued that opening the facility would violate the Controlled Substances Act, which criminalizes opening or running places where illegal drugs are knowingly used. So, um, Safe House responded by saying that it will continue to move forward with opening the facility. Ilana Eisenstein, who is a lawyer for Safe House, said, quote, We respectfully disagree with the Department of Justice's view of the crack house statute. We are committed to defending Safe House's effort to provide life-saving care to those at risk of overdose through the creation of safe injection facilities. Um, so, yeah, so we've been talking about this for a while. And there is evidence that shows that facilities like this save lives for, by allowing drug users to use in sanitary conditions. Um, and then this even ties back to last week when we were talking about the homeless camps in Kensington. I believe that was last week. Maybe it was two weeks ago. But um, a lot of the people who were there actually have homes and said that they were in that camp because it's somewhere that they could use safely without um, with people nearby in case they overdose. So this is like a me- this would be like that, but keeping people off the streets and with medical professionals. Um. So what do you guys think about this? Do you think it's the best action to take in Philadelphia? Well, I think that like safe injection sites have always been, you know, like kind of a a controversial topic to speak upon and are very it's a very much like a divisive conversation as well because mm-hmm. it's either like you're super for it or super against it. Um and it like you said we've been talking about this for a while on the district. Um I think that when it comes to this topic, the only question that I have with safe house injection sites is um is there kind of like um a plan in which to eventually get someone off the drugs? I mean, it doesn't, most of the time it doesn't say anything about that, but I have read that, like, people, the medical professionals, they will help people use safely and then offer resources and help and information about, um, about, uh, not taking drugs. Mm-hmm. Forgot the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like... Like, ultimately, I think the the best solution would be like, oh, well, no one's addicted to drugs and stuff. But like I understand. Ideal situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I understand that that's like an unrealistic approach. So I think that something like this is at least like an effort made to, you know, not have people dying and, and all these other things, you mm-hmm. know. Um, granted, there's still there's still a lot of negative consequences that come with being addicted to these types of drugs. However, I, I do kind of see that it is a much in a much more safer, cleanlier environment. Which, yeah. yeah. And yeah. it also helps like them keep control of who is using it and how they're using it instead of it being like runoff like in neighborhoods where they have no idea who's using it and how it's getting around and instead in these facilities they can like I guess it's just safer in general for these people to use it there instead of like have them potentially overdose somewhere outside of these and have no way to control it. Mm -hmm. I think that it's definitely like a much more like humane approach Mm -hmm. to you know like try to do it in the best way possible where the least amount of people are getting hurt and that would be going to a a place like this. Mm -hmm. And like it's it has worked other places. I guess, like, the only concern that I'm seeing with it is, like, how is, like, how are they going to fund it? Mm-hmm. And if they're going to fund it through resources from the government, then will taxpayers be willing to pay taxes to 
um, to fund an injection site. Well, I don't think taxpayers are willing to play a lot of things. No, and exactly. <laughs> and like this. that's an ex. Like I think that this is such a controversial issue. Like, yeah. Yeah. Where are they going to get the funds, and where are they going to get the drugs? Also. That's funny to think about. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I've been thinking about. You know, we've act, like I've talked about this in a couple of different settings, not just here. And like a lot of the questions is like, OK, so we're definitely so they're going to make sure that it's safe drugs that aren't laced with anything. So does that mean that it's going to be um, drugs made by the facility or made by pharmaceutical companies and then like is big pharma just gonna now own heroin industries mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a good question because i also was thinking about that i was like who's to say that the drugs that they carry are going to have the same effect as street drugs exactly. and also who's to say that they can't be like, oh, well, this is heroin, but it's like, I, mean, I don't know how drugs work. I was going to say it's like 5% heroin, 95% water. <laughs> I don't know. But like, you know, maybe, I don't know, create a different concoction. So Government that way, manufactured right. heroin? Yeah, like that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a little strange. Um, but I feel like that's probably the most likely thing to happen because I, th- I think probably be more like towards the pharmaceutical side, you know? Yeah, that's what I mean, about it. which I think does still pose some concerns because, yeah, you know, we kind of know that pharmaceutical companies, uh, they're not great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they might... Well, I feel like they might thrive off of this, though. Well, yeah, which is... Oh, wait, no, maybe? Well, yeah, but we don't like pharmaceutical companies. You're right, however... I, I don't like pharmaceutical companies um, just based on certain stuff like... Uh, the way that they hike up the prices for drugs, for life-saving drugs like insulin and mm-hmm. for AIDS medication. And like these drugs, they're putting the price way above the cost of manufacturing just to turn a profit. And there are people who are actually dying because they can't afford the drugs that the pharmaceutical companies are hiking the costs of. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's something to also think about because assuming, let's say that pharmaceutical companies are the ones that are going to be the supplier of these drugs, then the actual facilities have to pay for these drugs. They're probably going to have to pay a, a, a pretty high price um, because of what you just said. And then that might create a whole other whirlwind of issues and um, just more borders and barriers to stop like a place like this from existing. Um, but I don't know. I, I, th- I think, again, it's such a divisive conversation. Now I'm thinking about it again though and I'm thinking that maybe they would actually just have people bring in their own drugs and test them maybe that's what their plan is not to manufacture the drugs Mm -hmm. yeah but then also because the whole point is like to make sure that it's not laced with anything well yeah but they would test them for additives in the facility that seems like a lot of work I don't know I mean I don't know how much work it takes personally I've never tested a drug for mm, I've, me neither. well no I've never taken a <laughs> drug that does or does not have additives <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but I don't know I think I guess we'll see like what what winds up happening and like what the future holds with this because again I feel like this is a conversation that Pennsylvania specifically and like well Philadelphia specifically um, a conversation that's been happening for quite some time and there hasn't seemed to be like a set solution you know <laughs> so hopefully we'll see that soon but i don't know i don't know any last thoughts emily uh, i think you summed it up 
I think it's just like a matter of like people want safe places for people to use drugs but at the same time it's also like you said a, mat- a matter of like how are we going to pay for it how are they going to get it so there are too many factors to consider in a situation like this mm-hmm. yeah it's I mean it's a it's a really hot topic and it's something that Philadelphia has been considering and talking about for a really long time but like it's something that most um, Philadelphia city officials are behind mm-hmm. which I mean here's what I think like what what el- what other options are there? Mm-hmm. Like people are like, oh well, the law enforcement is going to help people and get people to stop doing drugs and send people into rehab and stuff. And it's like, okay, you're saying that, but is law enforcement really doing anything? I also think that like, I'm not saying that that's not law enforcement's job because I think to some degree they have responsibility within the drug world. Um, but then also it's like. If there's specific places that specifically are for drug related issues, you know, like, I don't know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. That's just weird to me. But I also think that, like you said, it's like nothing's kind of being done right now. So why not something, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because I feel like something's better than nothing in most cases, not in all cases, <laughs> but hopefully in this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, on that note, let's move into a break. And then when we come back, we will be talking about Senator Pat Toomey. Or no, no, we're not. Sorry. We'll be talking about Philadelphia District Larry Krasner again and his downsizing the justice system. Um, we will be back here on the district on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. And we'll see you soon. We're back. Hello, and welcome to The District on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. And I'm back here. I'm Amaranth with Maya and Emily, and we're going to talk about the Philadelphia District Attorney's new juvenile justice system. Welcome back. Hey. Hi. (laughs) Okay, so the Philadelphia District Attorney... Larry Krasner, he set up new policies for handling juvenile cases with the goal of keeping most young offenders with their families. He said that the policies seek to help, quote, children who have misdemeanors or low-level felony offenses and are sent to placement for long periods of time for behavioral problems that could be equally or better treated outside the justice system and closer to home. Krasner expects the move to save millions of dollars that are now spent on incarceration, and he wants to put that money towards new programs that will help young offenders turn their lives around. So during his announcement, a 16-year-old girl who had been put in juvenile detention at 13 spoke, describing abuse, strip searching, and how staff in juvenile detention centers would play favorites. Um... So I was thinking this kind of reminds me of a story that we spoke about. It was either on here or maybe I spoke about it on rational radio. But uh, there are people there have been changes to the prison system where people are now able to have a clean slate um, if they have a low level offense. And it just it feels like um, at least we're making progress in the prison system this year, if not other places. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Um I believe it was here as well. We were there was like a new bill like that it was literally called like the clean slate yeah, law or that something was really, like that. Yeah. Um 
which it doesn't specifically handle juvenile cases, um, but it was kind of the similar idea of just like clean slate, just starting anew. Right, um, helping people out. Yeah, and I think that that's something that's really awesome. I do agree, I think, that the topic of um, like criminal reform, I don't I did, that's not, I didn't say that correctly, um, but like um, criminal justice and um, just that kind of topic, I think that we've definitely come far in terms of like trying to get a better understanding of it and realizing the many flaws within the system and mm-hmm. realizing um, the history of those flaws within that system. I do think obviously that there is still like a boatload of way to go. However, I think something like this is really interesting, um, especially for juvenile cases, because there are a lot of cases in which it's just like that kind of like school to prison pipeline is a mm-hmm. very real thing right. um, and could potentially be avoided. You know, you could handle these cases in a much, I don't want to say a lighter way, but in a, in a, in a more appropriate way, I would right. say. Yeah. Cause like most of these cases, they're not, they're, they're low level offenses. They're not like crazy bad things. Like the, the, um, like the juveniles who do things of really serious nature, they don't get prosecuted in the juvenile court system, mm-hmm. which is like, so this is not about those cases. Like this isn't about murdering. This is about like shoplifting or low level offenses. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad they're like, I guess starting with kids who are 12, 13, 14 years old who like did something when they were younger and they suffer a lot of trauma in these detention centers, like unbelievable trauma, like mm-hmm. um this girl mentioned strip searching and things like that. I'm glad that they're focusing on helping them not only get out of these attention centers, but helping them get back on the right track so that their life isn't completely derailed because of a mistake they made when they were 11, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Krasner is really, um, he's a, he's our district attorney and he's, he's doing a lot for the prison systems um, in Philadelphia. It, that's what it seems like is he's really pushing to change that and to help people, not just juveniles, but also adults, people who need to get back up on their feet following something like this. And he's working on programs to do that, which I think is really great. And it's a really positive thing for a community. Mm-hmm. I know he, um, I'm pretty sure he started a program to help people with low-level drug offenses mm-hmm. get out of prison um, and focus on rehabilitation and getting them back into the workforce and society. Um, I know he was working with um, like Malcolm Jenkins from the Eagles with that. Um, and in general, he's been working with um, a bunch of other activists uh, just to get anyone with a low-level offense out of the prison system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that when it comes to like the, the prison system and criminal justice, it's kind of, there's many different levels to it and it's, there's many different um, angles to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems that Krasner is approaching it from various different angles from, you know, the juvenile side to the adult side to l- little offenses to, you know, once you get out of prison, um, because I don't think that it's something that's just like clear and dry and mm-hmm. very like a black and white solution. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think it's, it's mostly multifaceted you know and it Um, deserves a it deserves a response to it that reflects that dimensional mm -hmm. aspect definitely and i'm also again just reading the notes that um that we three personally have in front of us um just saying how better treated outside the justice system and closer to home i think that's also another really big thing um when it comes to juvenile detention Mm -hmm. centers um this idea of like taking them away from their homes which can be proof effective proved to be effective for many people but just done so in the appropriate way again i just keep saying appropriate because it's 
I don't know. I think, again, it's just very much to the extreme in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. Um, But if done so correctly, it could be good, you know? And that's the whole point here. Right. Yeah. This is all about benefiting. Yes, it is. Um, So speaking of criminal justice, there is a Philadelphia city councilman who was indicted last week, and he is going to run for city council while indicted. He's going to be rerunning. So this is city councilman Bobby Heenan, who was indicted along with the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers Union Local 98 Chief John Doherty. And Dowtry. Dowtry? Dowtry. I think so, yeah. Dowtry. I'm 90% sure that's Dowtry. Dowtry. But if not, it's my fault. (laughs) (laughs) He is facing charges of conspiracy, honest services fraud, and federal program bribery. But despite these charges, he announced that he will be running for re-election, and he will not be stepping down as majority leader while he awaits trials. And um, it looks like he has a chance. It's been a week since he was indicted, and so far there has been no candidate to challenge him. Nobody started a political campaign against him. And um, according to consultant Mustafa, Mustafa Rashid, it's likely too late in the election season for a new candidate to get a campaign running. Also, uh, Dougherty, who was indicted with Hinan, he has the biggest spending political committee in Pennsylvania, which he will use to back Hannah <laughs> he will use to back Keenan while they both await trial. So there's actually a little bit of a history of um, people running for office while indicted in Philadelphia, which is, it's kind of a weird history to have. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of concerning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that that's like... um Like an oxymoron. Like it's a sentence that probably shouldn't exist. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hello, I am in jail, and also I'm going to be running. Yeah, it's like instead of like I approve this message, it's like and I am in jail. <laughs> I mean, he's not right now. He's awaiting yeah, trial. He was true. just indicted, but um, I don't know, indicted for conspiracy and bribery and fraud. Those aren't really, those aren't really things that you want your councilman to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in I feel like. For. <laughs> I feel like regardless, like an indictment is kind of leaves like a bad taste in your mouth. But then we're looking at the specificities of the indictment and where it's, you know, just a lot of distrust and a lot of like kind of cheating and stuff like that. Um, definitely not like the best. Like the, that's not the first two things that I think of when I when I want and like in my officials, you know. <laughs> yeah. So. Um. Yeah. This is not really what we're looking for, but. It looks like this. It looks like he's gonna win. I know, which is even crazier to me that like he was indicted last week on Wednesday, and nobody, nobody's contested. Nobody's like come up and been like, "I'm gonna challenge him for a spot on the council." Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Why do you think no one's challenged him? Um, maybe being on the council sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's. I mean, it's entirely possible that people just don't want that job. Or, you know, um, like um, Rashad said, it's really late in the election season. And in order to in order to run, you have to get, I think it's 759 signatures on a petition to do it. And you have to get a campaign going. You have to pay for ads. You have to. Um, so I think that people are not like it's too late for anybody to run and have like an actual campaign and be even allowed to run and get that many mm-hmm. signatures in order to do it. Yeah. And it's also, it's not like it's some small town city council, it's Philadelphia city council, 
which right. just like magnifies it. And I think like something like this, just like I know there's like a lot of distrust in terms of like, um, like people in like Congress and the House of Representatives and just like people in general when it comes to like our federal government and like to think that this issue is like even within our local government is concerning that there's so much like dishonesty and dis- distrust in our politicians even on a local level yeah because i feel like we're, we're always kind of taught like um you know like not only does like our vote matter within like the larger scale but also you know to always like vote in people that we believe are powerful mm-hmm. within our local government and in a smaller scale um so it is a little bit alarming that like the smaller scale is kind of like mirroring the concerns on a larger scale mm-hmm. um and then I feel like that also kind of creates a precedent of like of people feeling that, hey, maybe I don't have such a voice. Maybe I don't have a lot of power to change things or to get my voice heard because there's a man here who's who's running, most likely going to win. um, And there's no one running against him for valid reasons if it's too late, you know, and all of that. But um, I don't know. I think that this could create a different um, a different weird culture amongst voting. And it is a little bit concerning if, you know. Like, this is supposed to be, like, the council is supposed to be the voice of the people and who they vote in. But if you, if you only have one option, then only one person's going to get voted in. Yeah. So, it's like, if you if there's nobody running against him, then he's the only option. And that doesn't mean that he's an actual representation of the people. It's simply too late. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like how a lot of people felt though. Like during twenty the twenty sixteen election, it was like very yeah. much like the lesser of two evils because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people felt like either candidate didn't fully represent what they wanted. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't like this trend that's happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a bad trend. Not there are too many politicians getting indicted, and there aren't like enough like politicians stepping up to stop it or to like mm-hmm. change the direction. I guess. And it's just concerning, especially like as, as you were saying and as I was saying on a local level, because on, in like local government, we feel like obviously our local councilmen will represent us more than like our state representative or like our governor mm-hmm. because they're so close to home. And to see it like hit home as well, I guess see it hit so close to home is just concerning because like there's no one we can trust now because everyone's getting indicted mm-hmm. and no one's <laughs> stepping up to like to go against like it. If someone were to like step up and run against him, which I don't know how likely it is because again, mm-hmm. it's it's a very tight time crunch and all of that. Um but I feel like if someone were to do that, I feel like that would make a really big statement. Um and mm-hmm. just show like see like I I thought the world was coming to an end, so I stepped up and I did this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um I feel like that'd be kinda cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I'm sure it's a little bit intimidating though, since he has all of Doherty's money backing him. Yeah. Like, he can afford to run a campaign even while he's, you know, paying for lawyers or awaiting trial. Whereas, like, not everybody can do that and mm-hmm. not everybody has those resources. So it's a little bit, I think it would be intimidating to run against someone who not only is running for re-election, so he's been elected before, but who has those resources. I mean... But it also gives a little bit of an advantage to whoever does run against him if he's um, awaiting trial on fraud convictions. Yeah. I don't know. Um, But I I personally, uh, this is a side note, I hate the way the word indicted is spelled. 
Okay. I don't, I, I don't for like those it. who do not know, it's I N D I C T E D. Like indicted. That's what I want to say every time I read it. I I yeah. hate it. Okay. I actually Oh, this was I think this was last week when I was on Rational Radio, right before it, like um my boyfriend asked me like what was in the news and I was like talking about somebody was somebody was indicted and I said he was indicted mm-hmm. and my boyfriend was like you better not say that on air because <laughs> that is not how you say those that's not how you say that yeah um and with that note we are going to move into another break with another PSA um those are really weird but Fun we'll time. see you soon <laughs> and we are back on the district on WHIP Philly's number one college radio station and now we are going we're going to talk about uh this is actually a story that emily brought up so i'm going to have her introduce it for us okay so um this is coming from philly voice uh so basically a photo surfaced of a pennsylvania school principal wearing blackface during a school event uh so friendship elementary school school uh friendship elementary school principal lisa boyer from glen rock pa is facing backlash after a picture of her wearing dark makeup and a fake mustache surfaced on social media uh she was trying to mimic steve hardy steve harvey on a staff in-service meeting where they played family feud the southern york county school district said in a statement that the principal wore a man suit a stocking to cover her hair a fake mustache and makeup on her face to darken her skin color Uh, While this incident occurred several months ago, I think it was in August, it did not start circulating until recently. The district was informed of Boyer's appearance and investigated it immediately. It said it it has disciplined the principal and apologized to the staff. They did not, however, give any specific details as to how they disciplined her, which sparked criticism that the school is glossing over the issue. Um, The school released in a statement that the principal violated both the letter and spirit of the school district's non-discrimination policy and that it will, quote, continue to strive for a school environment free from racially insensitive conduct. However, which is part of um, the controversy, is the fact that the uh, superintendent, Sandra Lemon, stated that the staff at the event did not find Boyer's use of blackface offensive. It should be noted that there were no people of color in the room during the event. And since then, Boyer has apologized for her actions, stating that her intention was to never offend anyone and did not have ill intent. Um, And Boyer is still the principal at Friendship Elementary School. Um, so when I saw that, the first thing I thought of was um, the recent news surrounding, like specifically in Virginia, um, blackface controversy from the governor, from the, um, I think it's like... Um, Nordum. Yeah, Nordum and the attorney general, mm-hmm. photos of them from the past uh, with them in blackface. And the thing that gets me about the story is the fact that she, in like a statement, Boyer release, she said, I didn't have any ill intent. I wasn't trying to offend anyone. But the fact that people don't know the history of blackface and the connotations it has, how it's racist and portrays negative stereotypes and caricatures of black people is like, it's absolutely ridiculous to me that people don't know how offensive this is, regardless of whether or not it's a costume. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it. How are you not aware? Exactly. Like, how can you be so like blissfully unaware of Mm -hmm. what's going on in the world and what is okay and what is not okay Mm -hmm. to the point where you like to the point where you do that and you're like it's it was not my intent to hurt anybody like you never you never saw anything about you never heard you never found out about like people getting in trouble for doing blackface because it's a bad thing to do Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. yeah, I feel like it also with intent, like, oh, she did not have any malintentions. Like, if I accidentally, like, step on your toe, I didn't purposefully, like, I'm not trying to be like, Emmerich, I hate your toes. But, like, <laughs> that's still going to hurt you. Yeah. And you're going to be like, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. still repercussions, still effects of stuff like that, um, whether there was malintentions or not. I'm not saying that the intentions, you know, don't acknowledge the intentions, but, like, it's a, you got to look at all kind of bases of it. And, um, like you said, it's like the history. And then also when reading this, it's, I think recently for some reason, there's just like a lot of blackface stories exactly, going around. Yeah. And I'm kind of in a very similar boat as you guys. And I'm like, we don't know that this is not cool. Like, like this isn't this kind of like not trendy? Like, you know, yeah. what I mean? like not that racism was ever trendy. You but shouldn't like, have to be taught that this is that this isn't okay. Like you should, yeah. like, it should just like click. Yeah. And I feel like, um, obviously, I think now in like the 2010s and now in 2019, a lot, we've learned a lot about how to talk about different groups of people and Mm -hmm. how to, cultural differences and how to go about those certain things. Um, So we're, a lot of older people are kind of like unlearning a lot of stuff that they've known all their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, so by now you don't know, like it's pretty apparent that people are probably not going to be okay with you doing this. Yeah, and like the fact that like, it was a family feud game and she dressed up as Steve Harvey. The thing is, like, Steve Harvey is, like, so well-known and so iconic that you could literally just put on, like, a suit and a mustache and people will know it's, it's Steve Harvey. True. There are ways to game. Very, like, yeah. you, did not have to, you did not have to take this route. There were so yeah, many ways yeah. to go about this. Yeah, there are ways to impersonate celebrities without doing blackface. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there was one of, like, Diana Ross... Um, and like it was going around because people were like, see, you don't have to be in blackface to, you know, be a legendary person. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like people will recognize it. Just put on their clothes, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. And like another issue is like when the superintendent said no one in the staff room found it offensive. It's like it was also a staff room full of all white teachers. So like it's also a matter of like it doesn't matter whether or not a person of color was in the room. It's the fact that regardless of who was there, it's still offensive. Right. It's like, what kind of privilege? Like, do you have oh, to have no one, to get nobody away? Nobody else found it offensive, so it's fine. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. And like, she still has her job. I checked the website this morning. She's still principal. They, she's still there. Like, I guess, like I said, the thing didn't, the news didn't spread until earlier this week. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she still has her job after this, and especially because she's an educator, there are students there who look up to her, who see her as a role model in the community to embody like the spirit and the diversity of the school. And for her to do something like this and just be like, well, I didn't have any bad intentions. Well, you're a principal and there are that, there are hundreds of students who look at you and see you as a role model. And for you to do something like this, it's like, mm-hmm. why? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, that has really special significance, I think. Somebody mm-hmm. in the position of an educator in a room full of children. It's not an example you can see. Exactly. I think that in terms of like how do you, I guess, come back from this or how do you, you know, do something and try to like educate about why this was not okay. I think being that she's a principal and like her literal, I mean, there's other things that come with being a principal, but one of the major things is just to simply educate in whatever form that may be um, being in the actual building of an educational thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think if there was, if there's truly no malintentions, if whatever, then why not be like, okay, Hey, you know what? I really messed up and this was not okay. And then use it as a teachable moment to then teach the students as to why, like, listen, this is something that you don't do because this is history and this is 
the, the current day as mm-hmm. well. And this is why this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have loved to see maybe something like that, you know? Right. Yeah. I know the uh, local chapter of the um, NAACP stepped in to like educate the teachers and the students about this. And the, pr- and the principal said that she sat down with some parents about it as well. But like, I just can't get over the fact that like she just thought, hey, this would be funny because there's no one in this room that would find this mm-hmm. offensive. But Yeah, I, I wonder if there was a person of color there, if that would mm-hmm. have been the same thing or if she would have just put this mustache on and the exactly. pantsuit. And like the fact that this happened in August and it's coming to late now and the fact that like the school, I like, just like, I guess, completely ignored the fact that the principal did this and not mm-hmm. like did something to actually discipline her besides have her like, hey, sit down with parents and talk about what you did. Like, that's not okay, especially for someone in her position of authority. Yeah. I mean, based on what the superintendent said, it doesn't seem like the district cares that much. No, because I heard... Yeah. the superintendent was like, nobody in the room was offended, so it's fine. Yeah, okay. I heard that, like, the two of them were friends. I think I read in the article that the two of them were friends or something like that. But it just in general, it's like, if this were to happen... In a school that had teachers of color, that had a high presence of students of color, well, first of all, that would not happen. Second of all, like, there would be major repercussions for this, and it should not happen, period, regardless, but... Right. It just seemed like um, just the fact that there wasn't anyone of color in the room at the time just made her feel like it was okay. It was a safe place for her to do it. she's just, like completely ignorant and has like no idea what's going on and like no i feel like that's like like someone from like the kkk being like well we don't see it to be like like no duh like (laughs) it doesn't mean that it's okay right like there's no way that you did not know that this wasn't okay or that like if like there's no way you didn't at least think like maybe this hey this might not be a good idea (laughs) maybe this has something to do with like other things about black based on the news that I've seen maybe I shouldn't do that but the fact that there was no one of color it's like she felt that she was safe Mm -hmm. to do that which is not safe maybe she really thought the suit and the mustache on a game of family feud wasn't enough like people just weren't gonna know that it was Steve (laughs) Harvey if you really don't think it's enough then do Jeopardy yeah, like I don't. <laughs> the host of Jeopardy is white. If you Alex like Trebek, you yeah. To, yeah, like I just, just I don't. Dresses Alex Trebek. If you really think, I just don't. You I, have to. I just want to know what she was thinking when she did that. Like besides, hey, this is funny. Like, is no one gonna like call me out for this? I'm the principal. I just I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, in other news, um, a Philadelphia City Councilman, Bill Green- Greenlee, um, is introducing a new ban on stores that do not accept cash um, to begin accepting cash because they're saying that it does impact lower income residents um, who do not have access to a debit card or a phone pay app, et cetera, et cetera, and that it kind of leaves them at a serious disadvantage. Um, Greenland also added that some people um, would simply rather use cash than having to use a card and all of the security concerns with that. This source is also coming from 6ABC, by the way. and a committee hearing was held this Tuesday, and the committee will decide whether that this will continue to go to full throttle. But do you guys have any personal thoughts about this? I mean, okay, so personally, when I'm in the city, I don't carry cash. But it's not because, like, it's mostly just because I get direct deposit. But it's also because nobody, almost nobody accepts cash. And, you know, as a student with a meal plan, I just use my meal plan to get food. But 
if I think that if like there most businesses did accept cash, I would probably carry cash because I mean I like to pay with cash better than paying with not cash. Mm-hmm. Personally, just because you know, if it's coming out of, I can pretend that I'm not spending money because there's no money coming out of my bank account. <laughs> um, That's true. When you have a little card, you really just be swiping and you don't right you have putting no in that right? pin number with no right? regrets. Yeah, really yeah I, I have to check it like constantly. If I'm like not mm-hmm. using, like I am like every time I go to buy something, I'm like, how much money do I have left? Can I afford mm-hmm. this? This semester, I've actually been really good with like saving and like keeping my, like the percentages of like how much am I saving? How much am I spending? What is my bill money? Like, you know, I um, wish I could relate. I yeah. actually, I'm saving a lot this semester too, but it's only because I'm getting a tattoo on Sunday. Mm, so Yeah. So um, that's money. What are you, so what are you getting saving. a tattoo of? It's flowers. Mm, yeah. Flowers. Well, as you know, my name is Amaranth, mm-hmm. which is a flower. It's a mm. flower and a grain. You can eat it. Um, I have two little sisters, and their names are Zinnia and Phoebe Magnolia. Mm. And my best friend's name is Daisy. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. So I'm combining all of our flowers into a tattoo, which is Look something that. that I've been talking about for so long. Um, I hope my grandparents aren't listening. That's, no, that's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um that's nice. That's a nice little significant tattoo, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that's what I've been, I've been saving for that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, after Sunday, I won't have, I won't be, have done so well with the saving because it's all going to be gone. Yeah. But so far this semester, I've been doing my best. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess going back to the original, like, yeah. ca- like cash thing. No, sorry. No, I, I asked you about your tattoo. I was interested. I, I, I went off uh, the rails. But um, I mean, for me, I'm just kind of like, I'm not upset nor like happy by this. I'm just like, yeah, that, that'd be that'd be convenient. You know? It's just more convenient for more people because especially yeah. like lower income people or people who are like homeless, for example, um, many of them don't have access to debit cards. You need mm-hmm. most sometimes you need a dress like an address for that. This and some people don't have that. Um, so it's just easier for them to be able to go into these stores and buy things. Mm-hmm. I also feel like what is the disadvantage of cash? Like that's just yeah, like more what, money for your business. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that w- the only disadvantage that I can see that probably is what some of the concerns are about is, you know, having cash in your business. It can like, it can get stolen better than, yeah. you know, money right. that's online. <laughs> Wait, but, you know, cash was we've been, u- we have been yeah. using cash only until like I don't know when credit cards became a thing. The yeah, but like, but it's a recent thing though, to to some degree, you know. Yeah. Um, so like, it's it's always been a concern, guys. It's always gonna be a concern. Get a little Just panic protect button. it and um, <laughs> let. Let lower income people. Be it's just able more to accessible. It's not hurting anyone. I guess maybe business owners, but like <laughs> it might hurt you. But you might get more. You get more customers out of it. Just if be you think safe. About it. True. True. <laughs> yeah. And we are coming up on the end of our show for tonight, but um, we'll all be back. I'll be back tomorrow. Oh wait, um, you should check out on Sunday to watch our crackdown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Plugging it. Yes, we I'll have a crackdown. It. Look at Maya. Yeah, Maya's hosting Sunday. this week. Am, yes, I am, she hosted so. last week too. If you haven't seen that, check mm-hmm. it out. Even though it was a week ago, so old news. 
But otherwise, we will see you all it's, on. Wait, wait, it's on YouTube. We yes, it's on yeah. YouTube. If you look WHIP, it's also yeah. on WHIP Instagram. You'll find all the links on there to all of our podcasts, our live show recordings, articles. Everything's on there. But yes. don't look up just WHIP because that spells whip, and you won't get us. You, you won't radio. get the correct search. Yeah. You have to add radio. Okay. Have a good night, everybody, and we will see you next week.